All right, praise the Lord, praise the Lord, everybody. Prophet is Dawn here, and I am coming before you with another installment of Moments with Moa. I thank God for it. What is today? Today is Monday, so we want to we wanna just title this one as Morning Manna Mondays with Moa. Now, let's see how that one goes, okay? I tried to start this broadcast out on Periscope. Because I saw that they allow you to go live without, you know, actually going live where you can do the audio only. And that's what I desire to do, especially in the mornings. Because y'all know, Prophet is, I am a morning person, but I'm not a morning face person, okay? <laughs> so I didn't want to get on here and, and uh, discourage a few people. <clears throat> But I wanted to do the audio, and Facebook allows you to do the uh, live audio as well, but only on those uh, Android phones. So I can't do it on my iPhone. So if anybody out there is listening, and you know how you do those live um, audio recordings, let me know so that I can start doing these live because... I want to get this to you guys immediately, right? Breaking news because God has placed a word on the inside. And when I tell you, it is a word that will change your life. For those who the word is uh, designed for, it may not be for everybody, but there's somebody out there listening under the sound of my voice that God has designed this word exclusively for you. And as a matter of fact, I have come here to deliver it. So anyway, I'm excited this morning. I'm excited. I'm excited. I got maybe two or three minutes into my recording and tried to go over to my notes on my phone and it just broke the recording when I was on Periscope. So I'm starting over here, but I just thank God. I am so grateful for the calling that is on my life. And when I tell you that God is pressing me, he is pressing me. He getting all the oil. (laughs) He's getting all the oil. He is breaking. Oh my God, my God for the anointing. Oh, I always tell people that the gifts come without repentance because that's the word. We got the word. We see all these gifts flowing, but the anointing comes with the cause. And Jesus, even in himself, he learned obedience through the sacrifice, through, through, um, going through the trials and the tribulations. So sometimes when we go through the process, we want to knock the process and say, God, I'm tired. I'm sick and tired. I don't want to go through this. But baby, when I tell you, when you get on the other side up through, so God is taking us through it, but he's got a blessing for us on the other side of through. But I wanted to come before you today because God has placed a word on the inside of me. And this word is something that has been brewing up for a while now. (laughs) And I just want to get it out there to you. I want to encourage you today that each of you who are under the sound of my voice, God is going to bless you exceedingly abundantly above all that you can think, consider, or even imagine because his thoughts are not our thoughts. His ways are not our ways. He is going to begin to manifest in your life in ways that you never expected, but you got to surrender, release, and allow 
allow God to be God. Let him be God in your life. Let him take full reign over every aspect, every area, every section of your being. Let God take full reign over your situation, your circumstances, over your finances, over your relationships, even over your sin. My God, my God, my God. (laughs) There is no way that we can be who he has called us to be, do what he has called us to do without the indwelling of his Holy Spirit. See, the Holy Spirit is our guide. (laughs) I'm on fire now. The Holy Spirit is our guide. And he sent him as a comforter, as our best friend, as our most uh, uh, honored companion to help us to get through. So stop trying to be superhuman, supernatural, when God only intended you to be who you are. Let the Holy Spirit be the one who brings you out of sin. My God, my God, my God. Father God, give us each and every one of us a repent of heart. Let us pull out of the old man. Renew, Lord Jesus, our minds and allow us to be made new in you. Now, Father God, I thank you and I bless you and I honor you for this assignment on today. Let me do what you have called me to do. I don't know if I welcomed you all to the show today, but I'm going to do it again. I'm going to welcome you to Moa's Ark, where you all know that God dwells, Jesus reigns, the Holy Spirit guides, and we live in the agape. This is Prophetess Dawn today, and I just come before you to give you your morning manna. I like how that sounds. Monday morning manna. I forgot I said it before, but either way, God sent me with the word, and what God is saying today, for those who are listening, for those who can hear me, is that he will give you he for your shame he's going to give you double hear me when I say for your shame he's going to give you double now I'm not a prophet that will come to you and say God is going to bless you with houses and cars and 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 he's going to bring forth a miracle where you're going to become a millionaire a billionaire and all of that mess listen faith without works is dead we got to do something to get something and the way that our God operates now I'm not going to say that he will not drop on us miracles signs and wonders because he will but not in the sense that we think and I get so frustrated sometimes (laughs) when I listen to people manipulating the men and women of God into believing that God is someone that he's not. God never promised. He never promised a lot of these things that these prophets come out here telling us. He never promised them, promised those things. And what we do is we rely on man's word versus God's word. And then we get upset with God and we feel like God has disappointed us. Well, God never said that he will give you a fancy car without a good job. (laughs) He never said he'd give you a good job without a good education or good trade or good knowledge of that area so that you can sustain the job that is presented before you. He never promised you that he will give you what you're not willing to get. My God, my God, my God. But that's not the direction that I'm going in today. I just want to encourage you today that as mentioned in Isaiah 61 and 7, God said, for your shame, he shall have double. Ye shall have double. And for confusion, they shall rejoice in their portion. Therefore, their land 
they shall possess the double. Everlasting joy shall be unto them. Now, God said he's going to give you double for your trouble. He's going to give you double for your shame. So think about it like this. Inasmuch as the enemy has shamed you publicly, God is going to come and he's going to restore you. He's going to give you double. So you've been broken. You've been shattered. You've been taken out of place and out of position. God is saying, I'm restoring today. I'm restoring today for the disgrace that you have experienced. It is not your portion. (laughs) As a child of God, God is redeeming you, not for you, but for his name's sake. Because see, Jesus paid the price for our redemption. Every child of God, he suffered the shame so that we will never have to suffer that shame. So therefore, that disgrace, the, 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 um, contentment that we are a contention that we are, are uh, dealing with. It is coming from the enemy and God is bringing forth deliverance today. He's bringing deliverance today so that we won't have to stay in a state of humiliation. See, some of y'all, not all of y'all, but some of y'all like prophetess, when you're going through, especially when, it's, when, when, when you let that spirit of shame come over you, you retreat and you retract. You don't come out fighting and doing what God has called you to do. And some of y'all are soldiers that we need in this fight. In this very season, we need you. So for that very fact, God is saying, I'm lifting the shame. I'm lifting the shame. I'm going to elevate you and I'm going to prosper you and I'm going to position you in a place where I can use you. He knows our nature. We we get ashamed and try to hide it from God. (laughs) We we feel like, oh, well, God, I know I ought to be doing this, but but I just can't. Everything in my being is just, it's, it's like you're paralyzed. You can't do nothing for the shame of what you're going through. For the situations that bring shame and disgrace in your life, it makes you feel barren. For the poverty, the sickness, the broken relationships, even your broken marriages, it makes you feel paralyzed. You can't move. You can't speak. You can't preach. You can't teach. You can't love. God said today he's breaking that. He's breaking that. He's pulling back. And he's elevating you. But how, God, are you going to do it? How, God, are you going to do that in the lives of those who are listening to me who feel broken? Who are listening to me who are saying, here we go again. Here go one of these so-called prophets. Coming out here saying what God is going to do. We're in 2020. I remember when I heard him say it in 2016. And I ain't seen no change. As a matter of fact, things have gotten worse. My marriage done broke up. My children done went crazy. My, my finances have, have shot straight down. I got to beg, borrow. And do what I got to do to make end me, ends me. I'm manufacturing testimonies because I don't feel God. 
but I don't want nobody to see the shame of feeling like God has abandoned me. I'm broken from everything that I ever knew. The foundation of what I've known throughout my life is being being challenged. Because I don't see when the word of God says I've never seen the righteous forsaken or his seed uh, begging bread. I feel shame when I have to stand behind a word that I don't feel it will manifest in my own life. I don't believe it for myself. Because I remember last week when I had to beg such and such and so and so. To do A, B, and C. To meet my very basic needs. Come on now. Let's just get real about it. Let's get real about it. When they come around and say, God won't put more on you than that which you can bear. I'm telling you, that's a deception straight from the enemy. He wants us to believe that God will always put more on his people than that which they can bear because he wants to be the one to bear your burdens. Ah, glory. He wants to be the one to bear every burden in your life. Release it to him. Release it to him. Let him bear your burdens. People will put more on you than that what you can bear. God will put more on you than that what you can bear. Life will put more on you than that what you can bear. But if you release it to the one who is the burden bearer. <laughs> Woo! He'll share that burden. He'll share that load. My God. All right, so so how how God are you going to do this? How God are you going to do this for me in my life? Let's see what God is saying. God said, I'm going to give you double for your shame. I'm going to elevate you. And I'm going to lift you up. But the very way that I'm going to do that is to bring biblical balance in your life. Come on. Biblical balance in your life. We cannot be out here in this world living all willy-nilly and thinking that the, the covenant that God has made with us through grace is what we're going to be living by. Come on. And I'm, I'm, I'm not talking about uh, rigidity and rule keeping and stuff like that, that, that the uh, old saints had to go through in the Old Testament when they didn't have the Holy Ghost. I'm not talking about that. What I'm talking about is that letter of the law that is written on your heart that you ain't even trying to live by. The biblical balance that God is talking about is the structure and the hierarchy by which he created man. When he institute, instituted families into the earth, he had a hierarchy in mind. And we must honor it. We must honor it. God said, I am bringing back biblical balance into your life. It ain't no one, two ways about it. You cannot live for the world and expect the blessings of the Lord. I, now, I'm, I'm going to tell you the truth. 
There is a right way and a wrong way to do things. I'm just, I got to be honest with you. I have to be honest with you because we are out here reaping from things that we have sown ourselves. Forget about the generational curses. Forget about the things that great, 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 great grandma, grandpa, whoever sold it to five generations ahead. Forget about what we are reaping as a core result of just where we are in proximity in the world. I'm talking about stuff that you have sown into your own life. From disobedience and walking in disobedience to God's perfect will for your life. I cannot stand when I hear people say, well, you know, you're just in the passive will of God. What is the passive will of God? God is not a, a passive aggressive. That, 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 that is not the God that we serve. God has a perfect will for your life. Now he permits us to walk outside of that will, but it ain't no lukewarm, half-stepping, one foot in, one foot out. God has a will for your life. And that will for your life is perfect. How, God, are you going to restore double for my trouble? (laughs) How are you going to restore uh, double for the shame that the enemy has put me through? The things that I have endured, trying to take my family, still in my marriage, still in my finances, still in my position in, 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 in the community, in the kingdom. Come on now. How are you going to restore that? By restoring biblical balance. The hierarchy of governance through God's kingdom. And let's let's do this because I'm going to go deeper into this, but I just got to get that out. Christ is the head. Christ is the head. So let's just be real clear, clear about that. It ain't nothing higher. Ain't nothing higher. Nothing can usurp, usurp that authority. Then comes the husband. The leader. The man who is to protect the family, to lead the family, to provide for the family. Come on. I I hear you singles out there. I'm going to get to you in just one second. How does that relate to me? I'm going to tell you in just one moment. We got Christ as the head. Then we have the man, leader, and then the wife who is there to comfort, to teach, and to nurture. And then the children who are there to love and obey their parents. That is the hierarchical structure and balance of the family, which is the crust, the nucleus, the the example for every uh, uh, structured institution, organization throughout the earth. You gotta have a head. You gotta have a leader. You gotta have the support under that leader and you gotta have the lead. Come on now. Now what about us who are single, the ones who we may not have a husband? This is how God intended this to be. 
Uh, We, through our own society, our own beliefs, and maybe through circumstances, some are widowers. We allowed ourselves to get from under the umbrella of the hierarchy of God's structure. So women who are single, what I would advise you to do is to go to that next one in line. Next one in line. So that means that, let's say, you're a single mother and you have a father who is present in your life. Pull them into position as the protector, as the lead, as the provider, the one that can hear from God. Because I'm going to tell you, God, like I said, thoughts ain't our thoughts. It'll never be aligned with or congruent to or consistent with society. We always going to defer or veer off in some way. But it's some things that God is going to give men that he may never give a woman. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Don't get mad at me. I'm just telling you the truth. I'm telling you the truth. Sometimes I'm coming, I'm teaching according to my knowledge, my understanding, and what I receive through the uh, uh, my education. And oftentimes the Holy Spirit is guiding me. But sometimes I'm coming in the prophetic. And the Holy Spirit is yet guiding me, but I'm coming under the prophetic. You better hear what I say because God will give us a rhema word in which to live by that will bring us out and bring forth deliverance. So if single woman, if it's not a father, then a brother, an uncle, someone in the community, if we're connected in the church, And I'm not talking about these pedophiles that's in the church. I'm not talking about these slick men that's trying to get to you through your kids. Use discernment. But you cannot, as a woman, take the place as that lead. You just simply cannot. We we do it. We do it. and, and, And it creates a lot of havoc. It is not God's original plan. But we do it and we get so burdened. We get so exhausted. We get so challenged. The thought that comes to mind for me is if you are functioning in an area that you were not created or built to function in, it's going to take more resources for you to uh, uh, succeed at a task than someone who was created to do it. Take bodybuilding, for instance. I don't know where I'm going with this. You take a bodybuilder who's in a certain weight class who, 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 I mean, they, they tested, they got the strength, they got everything to, to press these 500 pounds. And then you went two, three weight classes down from them. And you go up and you try to lift that 500 pounds. Well, you could probably lift it, but not at the capacity, not at the speed, not at the uh, endurance. You can't do it at the same level that they can. You can do it. 
you almost kill yourself. Some of y'all feel so overburdened in life, feeling like, oh, God won't put more on me than that which I can bear. And I feel like I'm about to just lose my mind because you were not intended to be in that in that position. We got to get back in our lane. And for us to get back in our lane, we need the men to step up to where they need to be. We need the men to step up into position so that we can relinquish and we can be the comforters, the teachers, the nurturers, the things that come natural to us. Come on now. You ask me, how is God going to restore double for my trouble? How is God going to take me from a place of shame into my place of destiny where he's going to lift me up and elevate me and position me so that the world can see he is yet a living God. He is a miracle working God. He comes with signs and wonders and God is still interested in the things that interest his children. God is going to use you as an example He's going to demonstrate through you his glory. How is he going to do that? By bringing forth biblical balance into your life. Come on now. So God said to me this morning, as I was preparing for this word, God said he's going to restore biblical balance in your life. God said he's going to give you double for your trouble. (laughs) My God, my God. We must seek God like never before in this season because, and I said this earlier this year, This is the foundational year for the next 10 years. For the next 10 years, you're going to lay the foundation for what God is going to do. And how for the shame that you've been through, how is God going to restore that? How is he going to restore you? By restoring biblical balance. Biblical balance, you hear me? Balance, you need balance in your life. So if there's no biblical balance, if if your kids are running over your household, you ain't balanced. If you are overthrowing the authority of your husband, ain't no balance. If neither you, your children, your your wife, nor your your, um, family members are serving under God, It ain't no balance. It ain't no balance. It ain't no one, two ways about it. I'm telling y'all, please get this. Please understand. I get so misunderstood a lot of times because God has allowed me to experience the manifestation of his blessings in a physical and tangible way. He's allowed me. He, You know, once I understood the principle of sowing and reaping, You know, I I got it in certain areas of my life. Other areas, I didn't quite get it. But when it came to sowing a, a, let's say, a financial seed, it wasn't about the people that I sold into being manipulators, you know, that I years later found out. But anyway, (laughs) I was sold. And every time there was a shift, 
God would always allow me to have a seed. He would always allow me to have a seed because I aligned to the principle of sowing and reaping. And and it never failed as I was so into what I desired to reap, I would reap abundantly. Because see, uh, I heard somebody say the other day, when you take a seed, you take a seed, a seed never produces what it sacrifices. It never produces that. It, it, it produces at the multitude. So for instance, you take a little uh, uh, watermelon seed. I don't know where watermelon coming from. Maybe I need a few. You take a watermelon seed, you put that one seed in the ground, that, that watermelon is going to produce multiple watermelons on the vine from that one little seed. Well, that's where we we do get it from the church. They, they teach us well that we need to sow a financial seed in order to reap a financial harvest. And, and, and in that area, I feel like we have done overkill and <laughs> teaching folk. And sometimes, like I said, a lot of them try to manipulate it. If you just flat out tell me, look, Don, I need you to do your part. You are part of this ministry. We got bills. You know, I we got to pay our staff. We got to pay the pastor. We got to do all of that. You, you, you do your part. But don't come telling me that I, if I sow $100, God is going to give me a mansion that I can't even afford to pay for. But I ain't going down that route. I don't even know why I started. But the point being that there are instances where God will have you to sow a financial seed to reap a financial harvest. And I'll never be the one to go against that. But for the shame that you've experienced, For the heartache and the pain that you have gone through, the public humiliation that you have endured, the seed that you have to sow is biblical balance. My God, my God, biblical balance. You ain't got to go in your pocketbook. You ain't got to send profitus $100 or what is it, 2020? You ain't. (laughs) Oh, boy. You ain't got to go and give me a $202 uh, offering or or $20 offering or 2020. You know, come on now. We need to cut that out. We are in 2020. Stop. Stop it. But the seed that you got to sow, baby, is biblical balance. Get it back in the house. Get it back in the house. What does it mean to be ruled under Christ? It means to follow his precepts, his principles, and his mandate for your life. Restore the balance of Christ in your life. Fall under the leadership, the lead that God has placed. Now, I'm I'm telling you, I'm telling you, just like when I used to sow the seeds of, of financial breakthrough, And somehow, some way, money would just come to me. I'm telling you, I've walked through seasons of my life. God would just put money before me and I go lay it right on the altar. 
whole paychecks. I ain't lying. I'm telling you the truth. I literally had to stop cashing my check before I went to church because I would always have these impulses to give people 50, 100, 20 dollars because I'm the one that was listening. <laughs> I got to the point, I said, God, ain't none of these other, you know, we in the black church, Negroes hearing from you. You mean to tell me I'm I'm always the one that got to go give this one $100 and I know they talking about me and my kids behind my back. I had the nerve, let me tell you, to stop uh, cashing my check before I went to work because I would hear, that's just how uh, uh, insane and insanely accurate, I would hear from God. And then I got convicted and the Lord said, how dare you? <laughs> you think you gonna stop cashing your check? And I, you know, had to come under obedience. But my point is God will never, he will never withhold from you the means by which to get the blessing. Hear that, hear that. He will never withhold from you the means by which to get the blessing. He wants to bless you. But there are acts that we have to do because faith without works is dead. There's a work, there's an action, there's there's a price. Come on now. That you got to pay. You got to sow that seed so that you can reap the harvest abundantly. And today, you got to do the BB. You got to give up the BB. <laughs> I don't know where that came from, but it's the biblical balance. That's what he wants. That's the seed he wants. He wants you to fall in line, fall in line. And do not think, I'm telling you, I'm I'm not one to feel like we are all, you know, under um, the rule of of man in the sense that we are slaves to man. And when I say man, at this point, I'm talking about the male species, that's not what I'm that that's not what I'm saying at all but there is a an order a hierarchy that God intended we just cannot get away from that. I'm telling you, all of these theologies out there that are not of God, all of these false prophecies, all of these misinterpretations of the word of God, I come here to tell you today that there is a hierarchy a biblical order that God ordained, not only did he ordain it, he created it. And that's what he intends for us to follow today. Circumstances and situations may have caused us to get out of that. But I'm telling you, just like he didn't withhold the seed for me to sow, he's not going to withhold the seed for you to sow. Trust me and believe it. Well, prophet is we, you know, all the men have died off from our family. We don't lost them to the streets. We don't lost them to, you know, uh, 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 premature deaths, you know, because of health issues. You know, Papa left us when he was in his 50s and now we don't have no men to, to lead the family. God said, connect, connect, connect. He's going to make those divine connections. Trust me when I tell you. Well, prophetess, I don't, I don't like my kids being around everybody because I don't know the values that they have. And some of these men are, you know, soft hearted towards boys in the wrong way. You know, they like to mess with them. I don't, and and my girls, you know, I don't want them to be corrupted. You know what? Don't use them. 
Don't don't go to those that, that even in your heart you get that notion about them. Don't even don't even test the waters. I wanted so desperately when I was when I was young in my faith, I wanted so desperately for my children to experience the church like I did. I wanted them to be involved in everything and the choir and and you know in dance ministry and 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 theater and you know just the youth groups and things like that. I wanted my children to experience it all. And I went to my church and I'm telling you I came under all kinds of opposition. All crazy, ridiculous stuff was happening to me. I mean, to the point where one lady didn't even want my baby, my my uh, daughter, didn't want her in the dance ministry, and she was acting like they both were peers. You know, treat my daughter horribly. Didn't understand it. Was hurt to my heart. And years later, found out men were messing with boys, Kids were going off on trips. Uh, you know, they would do the little youth trips and and go off and be having sex in the hotel. Found out uh, the parents would 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 allow their daughters to go and 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 uh, you know watch these other people kids who you thought were in ministry, and then the husband is messing with your teenage daughter. Mm. Jesus, God blocked it. God blocked it. Mm. My God, my God. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Not that my babies ain't go through nothing. <laughs> Not that it wasn't some things that God didn't block, you know, that, that seep through the crevices. But that thing right there, he blocked it. He blocked it. He wouldn't allow it to be so. But in this day, in this hour, in this season, God is going to raise up some men who are really men. Mark my words. Believe me, prophet, it, prophet has come here today to prophesy. He's raising up some men. And I'm even seeing husbands who have turned away from the Lord, who have not acknowledged him as king of king and Lord of Lord. God is going to bring them into sub- subject to his authority. He's going to bring them under his authority. Believe what I tell you. Mm, glory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Deliverance is coming to houses, to homes. I'm telling you today, and you ain't got to pull out one pocketbook. The devil is a liar. I bind up that spirit of witchcraft off of the minds and the hearts of the men and women of God. God says so through obedience. Mm. So through obedience. BB, that's what he wants. That's the currency he wants. BB, biblical balance back into the family. When we put aside the order of God, that's when the problems happen. That's when the problems come from our children. See, it, it, the enemy, he's so 
talented in what he does, but he's so foolish and stupid that he come one way. He always come one, you know, and when I say one way, it's multiple ways, but I'm saying he comes the same way. And you can see it from a mile away. Those of us who have children, now come on. When the enemy want to mess with you, what's the first thing he do? Come through them babies. Because he know we love them. He know we can't do nothing without these little buggers. Here he come. Right through them babies. Because it ain't no order. It ain't no order and structure in the family. You want to try to spare the rod. Oh, well, you know, we in 2020. We can talk to them. No, sometimes you got to talk with that rod. Let me be clear. We're teaching, we're nurturing, we're comforting the children, but at the same time, we got to get that little rod out. Now, the father, the father, you have a responsibility to show children the way of salvation. One of the challenges for me, I, I, I'm telling you, I never thought in a million years, my family would be raised the way that they were. I never thought that the outcome would be that, not even realizing, here I am just sinning however I wanted to, living with my husband. We we were together for 12 years before we married, before we married. And I'm talking about of those 12 years, we lived together a good eight before we got married. And then I turn around and want to put it back on God because the man ain't saved. And he's not showing the children the salvation. He's not giving them the foundational knowledge of Christ. And I'm always sitting around waiting for him to do it. Well, I got to pick it up, throw that on my shoulders, and teach children salvation. Then they turn around and grow up and slap it right back in your face. Because it wasn't, you, you, you outside of your lane. Now, I'm not saying that we can't do it. Go back to the weightlifter. I ain't going to say that one again because I don't even know what I meant. <laughs> ooh, ooh, ooh. But it is the father's responsibility to show children the way of salvation. He needs to be able to instill, instill in them that we are all sinners. But through Christ, he has sent us salvation. And that God loves us nonetheless. And because of that love, he sent Jesus to die on the cross. And that Jesus rose again after the third day. And is alive right now today at the right hand of the father. Imagine a father. From day one, what they say, A1 from day one. They A1 from day one. Teaching them, instilling that in them, placing that in them. Because there's a trust the children have. There's a faithfulness that they have in a father. Now they going to trust mama too. But I'm telling you, it's, it's something about, hey, if daddy said it, yeah, I believe it. A father has to instill in their children that we have to one day or another choose whose side we're going to lean on. Do we want to believe in God 
or do we want to live for the devil? Do we want to live for God or do we want to live for the enemy? It, the father, you're the one. I'm talking biblical balance here. You're the one who's supposed to instill that in the children. Let them know that the devil is a thief. And because he's a spirit, we can't see him with our natural eye. See, we cannot see him in our natural eye. But those spirits that he's using on the inside of us are working against God's will and they're trying to get us and pull us away from God. It takes a father. My God. To expose those spirits to his children. Now, see, mama, I'm not going to say what's right for everybody. I'm just going to tell you one perspective, which is mine. I can tell my kids till I'm blue in the face. You hear me? I can tell them that the sky is blue. And if them boogers think it's green, they going to think it's green until Jesus come. (laughs) But let the daddy come and tell them little jokers that, the sky is blue, they're going to look up and say, Woo, daddy, wow. It's something about the integrity and the credibility of a father to his child. And, I, and, and, and again, some of us may not have that father. I'm talking about that male presence, that father figure, that leader in the earth. You know, when I when I was growing up, my parents didn't exactly expose us to evil in the sense that, you know, they were devil worshipers or they allowed us to engage in certain things. As a matter of fact, while my parents were not overly spiritual or religious people, it was certain things that through just how they raised us, we were not allowed to participate in. We just weren't. I mean, um, what was the movie? The first time I think I went to the movies or I wanted, I had a desire. I remember uh, an occasion. I had a desire to go to the movies. I was, uh, I'm gonna have to go look at the year, but whatever year Purple Rain came out, And I remember my cousin, my sisters, they were all getting ready to go to this movie. And I'm like, ooh, I get to go. I want to go. I want to go. I want to go. My daddy said, no. (laughs) I wasn't old enough. Wasn't old enough. And we weren't Church of God in Christ. We weren't nothing. When I was growing up, people would always ask me uh, if we were were Catholic (coughs) or if we were in the church. They would say that because it was so many children, you know. And and people used to really think my daddy was a preacher, you know, having all these kids. They just stereotyped him for whatever reason. But he was consistent in how he raised us and he and my mom in the sense that they wouldn't let us be exposed to everything. But in that non-exposure, we still got exposed to some demonic things, some evil things, some things that were outside of the will of God for our lives. 
because they just didn't have certain beliefs that we had. Or, or let me say it the right way. They didn't align with certain principles of God that he had for biblical balance in the family. And so therefore, I was exposed to some things that still to this day, you know, I have a challenge with letting them go. And let's go with the least of them. <laughs> Maybe cussing, you know. Ooh, boy. Ooh, my daddy cussed like he talked. And I remember my mom. My mom always has had a very sweet spirit. But boy, I tell you something. When, they, when she got mad, ooh, you know. And I noticed that trait in me. The other day, I was I was on a call with someone very dear to me. I'm not going to say who, of, of course. But they let off an F-bomb and wasn't even mad. Wasn't even mad. I said, wait a minute. Hold up. You just cussing like that and you ain't even mad? Where'd that come from? <laughs> then I had to realize, you know, so it's certain things that we have been exposed to, you know, when we were coming up that will take us outside of the biblical uh, balance that we need in our lives. You know, one, one in particular that I have been guilty of in rearing my children is arguing. Mm arguing in the home because that opens up the door to evil spirits to children to be exposed to and and as a child they can't even protect themselves and see we have to understand it ain't no two ways about it we got to bring forth biblical balance in order to get this double for our trouble the shame that we experience we gotta stop I I feel bad for my children because they saw it. When we were growing up, my parents at least had the maturity that, you know, <laughs> I don't know why I'm so giggly today. Maybe because I took I took this um, flavor uh, drink today that has um, uh, energy. It was an energy drink. It's a no-name Kroger product, but whenever I take this, it keeps me up all day and I be up all night. But anyway, I like it. Uh, so maybe that's why I'm giggly or else I'm going to blame it on that. But my uh, parents, they would argue and have the nerve to wait to the middle of the night and all the kids sleep. And they think we didn't hear them. It's funny now because we would hear, you know, hear them through the walls and all of that stuff, you know. And it, it's not funny that they argued. It was just funny that they would take, you know, think that they were hiding that from us, you know. And, um, but the point that I'm making is I didn't have such a filter when raising my children. They saw some raw stuff, you know, and I'm, I'm talking about get, get way down in the gutter, you know, uh, ghetto Detroit hood, you know, and, and my dad raised us to be fighters. He, he, he made a deliberate attempt with his daughters because we were the first, uh, uh, phase of his children. He had daughters and he wanted sons and he was determined to toughen us up. And my husband for a lot of years had to reap the reward of that. And I, you know, I love that man. I stuck in there with him. I said, I'm going to write a book called 
but I stayed, you know, and, and, and was thinking of all of the things that he and I had gone through as a result of his growth. But part of that book is going to be all of the things that he had to go through as a result of my growth, you know. But anyway, the point that I was making is that you open the door for evil spirits when you argue in front of the kids. You know, the the better part of that is that you need to learn how to effectively communicate and how to manage conflict in the home so that you can deal with it in a more mature way. But if you don't, Lord forbid, come on, please don't argue in front of the kids because you're going to reap that eventually. Some of the challenges that I'm dealing with with my children as adults now The reason that I don't get so hurt or take things so personally is because I understand the principle of sowing and reaping. And and some of it is just that these kids are a product of what's been put in them. It's just coming out. I didn't, you know, not now. Now I say this in the lightest hearted way, but one of my children, my baby girl, I always used to say, you know, she she just didn't go through the teenage years, and we we went we used to joke all the time, you know, because hey, I went through it <laughs> with the older teenagers, and not all because of them, but just because you know I I'm I'm one me, and I'm a one trick pony. I only have one way of doing things, you know. But they all had different personalities, different needs, and you know stuff that they needed. But the baby girl, the baby girl, I used to always tell her, don't you look. You can't be no teenager. She always say, mine ain't going to be no teenager. But baby, when that girl hit adult, <laughs> I see like we kind of reverted a little, bit, a little bit in our relationship. Or we tried to. We tried to. But we quickly got it together. We got it in order. Probably took us about a year or so and more so since we moved out here to Mason. You know, she and I have, have, have gotten tighter and closer but she used to be my little mini me, my rider, you know. And when I started seeing some of these challenges, you know, I'm like, ooh, wait a minute. Then I had to remind myself, she's my mini me, my rider, and I'm reaping what I've sown into my baby. So come on, y'all understand where I'm coming from. You know, just know that you can make children timid. You can give them a spirit of fear. You can, you know, do all of these things when you're having these um, poor, immature behaviors demonstrated to them. And all you're doing is is sowing that into them and eventually is going to come out. Other ways of exposing them to evil is through you know, sometimes we do these uh, horoscopes and palm readings and all of this stuff. And see, black folk, we don't do a lot of Ouija boards, but sometimes we do. You know, I didn't understand that um, the one movie we, we went to, Get Out, and the, and the lady was hitting the teacup, going around. Uh, hitting that teacup. There, there's some divination with that. That that That's teacup. You know, sometimes they do that with sorcery and trying to, you know, manipulate the mind. Um, I don't know why I'm losing this right now in my, in, in my mind, but uh, I didn't understand that until I was reading up on something 
And I learned that they use that as a way, you know, uh, hip, hypnosis. And I think that's what they were doing in there. But it's something demonic about that. But you open up doors to your children, you know, exposing them to those types of things, you know. So be careful because God wants to restore biblical balance and seek deliverance. He wants to restore it through deliverance. Y'all, listen, married people, you cannot be out there cheating on your spouse. You can't. Cut it out. Stop it. Look, I don't want your wife or your husband to find out either, but you got to stop. You got to stop because you're going to continue to go through it. God wants to elevate you to where he can use you and he can't use you if you're so shameful. Keep on coming under attack because you're reaping what you done sown. Cut it out. Stop it. Stop having emotional affairs on your on your partner. Stop. I... I Oh, it used to get on my nerves when I went to church. I started uh, in the last ministry I was in. I was in my early 20s. And I say a lot of times the women, they just didn't know, you know, they didn't know me. So they, they kind of, they, they, I'm not going to say they shunned me, but they kind of kept their distance. They kept their distance, you know. I was this cute little girl, or, or I thought I was cute. I always got cute for church. Let me be clear. With all these little babies running around and, you know, looking like the head duck with all my little ducklings everywhere I went. And they and my husband was never present. He was never anywhere to be seen. So, you know, they thinking I got all these kids and no man, you know, and they, ooh, they stayed away from me. But I used to get annoyed with the husband's. Now, you know you got a wife up in here who who side-eyeing me. And you always telling me how beautiful I am, how cute I look, how well-behaved my kids are, how nice they look together. And I'm not just talking about complimenting just to compliment, because I ain't one of them females to think everybody who compliment me want me. No, uh uh-uh. I'm talking about the ones you knew what you was doing. That's why your wife ain't like me, and and she could have imparted (laughs) It took me, but she's so worried about me trying to get with you and you old. I don't want you. But anyway, I didn't mean to go that direction either, you know. But but the thing that I did not like was these men that I don't see you with your wife. I don't see you compliment your wife. I don't see you gloating all over her, but you want to come tell me how cute I am or even when I would see men telling women, oh, you so beautiful, you so this. Where's your wife? Why are you telling her how good she looks? And my perspective is my perspective. I'm a woman, so most often times I'm going to tell it from a woman's point of view. So don't nobody get offended. Because I know women do it too. But my point is, as God is restoring biblical balance in the family, in the house, in the body of Christ, we got some stuff that we need to get together. Stop exposing yourself intentionally to evil spirits. Do something intentionally to get rid of these demons. 
First, go to Jesus and ask him for forgiveness and, and tell him to expose anything that is in you that is not like him that needs to be taken out so that this biblical balance can be restored. Because you need to go beyond a word from Prophet Don. You need to go beyond uh, uh, the excitement, the uh, um enjoyment that I receive from delivering and, and carrying out this duty that God has given me today through the anointing that he has given me to break up the yoke. You need to go even beyond that and get rid of these demonic spirits that's going to come and confront you when temptation comes. So ask God, what is it that is in you that needs to be delivered? Make it right. Get right with your parents. Get right with your parents. You know, when my dad was was here, my dad and I did not have the best relationship. In my youth, as a teenager, you know, as an adolescent, I was so hard-headed, boy. I was disobedient. And I'm telling you, it's it's so many different dynamics to that spectrum, to that whole thing. But I didn't really honor my parents in the way that I should have. But when I became an adult, you would never catch me disrespecting my father. Never. Not one time. I don't care what he said. And he was, ooh, he was a mean somebody when he wanted to be vindictive. And I tell everybody I'll take him back at his meanest day today if I could see him one more time. But I never dishonored him. And I would see some of the siblings who felt some kind of way. And they would say things and deal with him a certain way. And it would it would agitate me because I'm like, <laughs> of all of us, <laughs> of all of us, if anybody had cause, you know. But if I don't do it, none of y'all should be doing it for real, for real, you know. But anyway, and with my mother who is still here today, my mother still lives today, and I would do anything and everything for her. I've fallen out with family members just simply because, and it doesn't matter what my mother does. It doesn't matter because sometimes I'll hear things, I'll see things, I'll experience some things, and my feelings will be crushed. But if she needed anything, I would give it to her. Without question. Anything that she needs, without question. I would honor my mother, never disrespect my mother, and always cater to her needs. That's how you sow into your future. God is restoring biblical balance into your life, into your family. And it is now up to you to show God that you are ready to walk in obedience to his will. That on today, you accept his blessing of restoration, restoring you to a place of double 
of putting God first. Proclaiming that, Lord, you are God of my life. You reign over my life. No matter what happens, put God first. Allow Jesus Christ to be next as the head, as the head of the church, as the head of the body of Christ, as the head of our lives, and then the man. Now, y'all know that that scripture that talks about submitting, the woman submitting to the husband, but it also say that that we submit to each other. So I ain't going to get into that. But after Christ comes the man. After the man comes the woman. And while we're submitting to the husband and we're cherishing the husband, Man, husband, you ought to be loving her like Christ loves the church. Now, mind you, that love was demonstrated on the cross. He died for us. Will you die for your wife? And then the children. Now, they got this thing. If you don't respect me, I ain't going to respect you. If you don't... You don't do this to me. I ain't going to do this to you. Now, we know that the scripture tells us to not provoke the child. Not to provoke them. But let me tell you what Ephesians 6, 1 through 3 says. It said, children, obey your parents in the Lord. For this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise so that it may go well with you and that you may enjoy long life long life on the earth obedience is 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 a requirement it's a requirement to those who have ruled over you god is restoring biblical balance in the family god is restoring Biblical balance in the family. In your life. You're listening to me. (laughs) Because God is restoring you. All right. I want you all to. I'm trying to get to another scripture that I had written down, but I'll, I'll come back to it if I can remember it. But I don't want to, uh, I don't, I don't want to lose what God is doing here in, in the spirit. Uh, so I'm going to end right here and then I'm going to come back and I'm going to have prayer for those of you who desire to have prayer. I'm going to pray uh, for you and your family. We're going to pray this shame off. Amen. He's going to give you double for your trouble. And I want you to take heed to my words. You've got to restore biblical balance in your life. And if prophetess didn't make it clean, uh, make it plain for you, if she didn't make it clear for you and your understanding go before the throne, listen, listen, 
to what God has to say. Listen to what he has to say. God, how do we restore biblical balance in our lives? How? Get connected. Get connected to a body of believers who can encourage you, who can support you, who can help sharpen you. Biblical balance. That's the currency here. I'll give you my cash app name, but it would have to be uh, cash app in heaven. (laughs) I need to think that one out. That might be a good little message. All these prophets coming out here giving a cash out name. Can 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 I get a deposit from heaven? Is that gonna do anything for me, you know, in heaven? Come on now. For your shame ye shall have double, and for confusion they shall rejoice in their portion. Therefore, in their land they shall possess possess the double. Everlasting joy shall be unto them. In Jesus' name, I pray that you enjoyed this. Have a blessed day. Bye-bye.